welcome to episode 12 of the ATA Slavic Languages Division podcast. This is Veronica Demichelis. And this is Katerina Howard. The theme of this new 2019 season of our podcast is Business Matters. We have many excellent guests lined up for this season, and we're excited to bring you some valuable content to help you drive your translation or interpreting business to new heights. Our guest today is Sarah Maria Hasbin. Did I pronounce it correctly? Sure, close enough. Um, okay. I can't even pronounce it correctly okay. <laughs> because it's, uh, it comes from another language, but uh, yeah, that's close enough. Um, Sarah Maria is a linguist, entrepreneur, and managing director of Meridian Linguistic. Welcome, Sarah Maria. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, so tell us about yourself and your company. Um, how did it come to be and where is it now? Sure. So, um, yeah, I'm a linguist. I'm American originally, but I'm now based in Asia, mostly in South Korea. And Meridian really started because I was freelance translating. I was translating Spanish and French into English. But I kept on getting all these requests for Korean translation from LinkedIn and through Prozi. So I think people were looking at my profile. They saw that I lived in Korea. They saw that I was a translator. And that's all they needed to know. They were so desperate for Korean translation. They were just sending me work. And they obviously weren't doing their due diligence to see my credentials to see if I was a, even a good translator. Um, if they had done that, they would have seen that I was not a Korean translator. But that was my first clue that the Korean translation market could be really exciting. Um, but because I was getting just so many requests. So from these requests, I started outsourcing this work to colleagues that I actually trusted that I knew would do a good job. And honestly, from there, the business just grew so quickly that eventually I had to make it official. So we incorporated as Meridian Linguistics. We're uh, incorporated in Hong Kong. And now we're a team of five project managers. We all work remotely and about 3,000 freelance linguists living all over the world. So it all happened pretty quickly. I was not expecting this to happen. I was really just um, happily freelancing as a translator, but I'm so glad that it did. It's been a, it's been a, a roller coaster, but really fun, really gratifying. So something you mentioned um, very soon after we started talking at the ATA conference was um, that you are different from other LSPs because you don't make translators do the paperwork. So why? Right, right. Well, so actually, I guess this is another reason why I think we grew so quickly. Um, because I myself used to be a freelance translator, I really understand and have so much respect for what translators do. So I understand how much work goes into just getting to the level at which you can translate, you know, getting to the level in another language. And then the translation itself takes so much work. So I really believe that Translators should be t treated like talent instead of like commodities. And that if you give them the proper support to do so, then they're going to do their best work for you. So it's a nice way to work, you know, because you're treating these, these translators the way that they ought to be treated. But it's also just good business because you, when they know that you recognize how hard they're working, they are incentivized to work a lot harder as well. So another thing, another reason why we think it's so important to not have translators doing admin is just that there's so many people out there that are desperate for work, that really that need work and that aren't translators. So why not let them do what they're specialized in? Why don't you, you know, give accounting work to the accountants and give uh, admin work to the admins and let the translators focus on what they do best? So that's another reason why I think that we've grown so quickly, partially because translators really like working with us because we actually give them the support that they need. We, you know, give them the glossary at the beginning of the project and not five minutes before it's due. 
we, um, well, like you said, when we onboard them, we just ask for a CV. We don't ask them to click through a really complicated portal and list 50 different specializations and rank them in the exact order of how well, you know, when I was a freelance tra translator, I just could not abide by the amount of time that I had to spend um, onboarding when I joined new projects. And another part of that is that when you get to a really high level as a translator, once you have a lot of clients and, and you're in demand, you're no longer incentivized to click through these really difficult portals. And if, uh, for me as a company owner, if I want to attract translators that are functioning at a really high level, I need to make the onboarding process as easy as possible. I need to remove all barriers to have them joining my, my company. So we just ask for a CV and from that CV then goes to our admin assistant that takes the relevant information from that CV and puts it into our database. So we're handling the database, we're handling all the organization on our end, the translator only has to translate. And the same goes for invoicing. We just ask for an invoice. We know that translators tend to have their own invoicing software. Um, they have their own systems for keeping all of their different clients organized and we don't wanna mess with that. Just send us your invoice in whatever format you have and then we'll input it into our system because we know our system and we will handle the, the payment for you and we'll get it done. We'll get it turned around as quickly as you possibly can. So that's really important to us partially just because I think it's, you know, it, it's nice to work this way with people. It's nice to, to work with people that know that they're being recognized for how hard they work, but it's also good business because translators want to work with us because we make the job easy. We let them focus on translation and they do their best work for us. So our clients are really happy. And then, you know, after that, we don't have to spend as much money on recruitment because we have great retention. So it's a nice way to work, but it's also just good business, right? All right, so as a follow-up question, and yes, it does sound like a good way to work, but to play the devil's advocate for a moment, you could say that asking for 10 references and a whole bunch of other information as part of the application process helps you weed out people who are not serious about working with you. What do you think? Definitely. Yeah, I definitely see that as well. Um, Whenever we do think that that's necessary, we do come back to the, to the freelancer and we ask them, you know, targeted questions for what we need to know to make sure that they're going to be ready to work with us or ready to work on a particular project. If a certain client needs to see, needs to see a diploma from a certain institution, then we ask directly for that. But what these portals do, what these automated portals do that I know so many translators don't like is they just ask for everything just in case, right? Just in case some client's going to ask them for this type of file, they want to already have it ready. And I see how that helps the companies out a lot because it keeps them efficient. Um, they don't have to then email the translator and ask for it and wait for it. But really 70% of that information is never going to be needed. They really don't need to know, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how well this translator works on files that are, you know, pharmaceutical patents. Uh, if this is not a pharmaceutical patent, patent translator, we don't need to have that information about the translator. So we prefer not to waste the translator's time in that way. Uh, it sounds like this would make you pretty desirable to work with for linguists, but what about your client-facing marketing? Does the way you work with your translators change the way you market to your clients? Definitely. Um, well, this is something we actually do mention this to our clients because you know there's so many translation companies out there Honestly, there's not that much to distinguish them since clients usually aren't able to do the judging of the 
translation quality themselves. There's not that much to distinguish us from any other company except for this, this way that we manage our translators. And I do tell our clients that we do this because it helps them to really understand why our translators are going to be motivated to go the extra mile for us. It helps them to understand why we really are offering the highest value rates, you know, rates that will still adequately pay our translators so that they want to do a good job and they want to continue working with us, but rates that are still affordable as much as possible to the client. You know, if they, if they have any doubts about how we are able to do that, then I can explain to them that we have a system in which our translators are highly incentivized to do good work because they like working with us. And therefore they're faster, they're more responsive, they're faster to contact, we waste less time assigning projects. So overall we're, we're wasting a lot, less, a, a lot less money on the management of the project and we're able to allocate the majority of our resources towards the actual translator. So I, we tell that to our clients so that they understand you know, what, what distinguishes us from other, from other companies. Um, and that helps, I think, give them, you know, it helps them trust us. It helps them understand why they're more likely to get better quality and better value with us. These are very good arguments. Um, thinking about um, entrepreneurs who, um, you know, or solopreneurs in, in many cases, uh, linguists who uh, work for you or maybe don't at the moment, what do you think is the most important advice um, you would give them if um, they want to grow their translation or interpreting business this year? Right. Okay. I would say um, to anyone running a translation company, um, I'm really just going to hammer this point home, but don't forget that the translators are the cornerstone of your business. Um, even if they're doing machine translation post-editing, the translators are the ones that are going to make the choice for every project, whether they're going to give it their all or whether they're just going to do a quick, you know, passable job and move on to the next project. And if you want them to decide that they're going to do everything in their power to return a beautiful translation, if you want them to double and triple check everything, they really need to respect you. They really need to trust you and they better want to work with you again in the future. So if you want your business to be successful, you need to remember that everything, everything depends on your translators and they cannot be treated like commodities and they need to be, they need to understand how much they're valued. Do you see any advice commonly shared in our field or in our profession that in your opinion is outdated or should be taken with a grain of salt? Sure, um, not everyone shares this idea. This is certainly um, changing, but I have still noticed a pervasive resistance to technology. I still hear a lot of translators saying that we shouldn't be helping to train the tools that are going to take our jobs. Um, but to this, I really, I think it's really important for translators to understand you know, don't you want the translation tool to type in all those dates for you? Don't you want your job to be about deciding about nuance and deciding about context instead of having to retype the same lines over and over? Um, I think that a translator's job will definitely change over the next decade, but I don't think it'll be, it'll be removed by machines. I think it's going to change for the better, that the work is going to become so much more gratifying for translators because we're taking away a lot of the grunt work and it's going to take a lot less of their time. And unfortunately, this does mean that rates are going to go down. I don't think that's, um, I don't think that's inevitable. I, I do think that, that, that that's inevitable. Um, but that also means that more clients are going to be able to afford you and clients other than just big law firms and big corporations. So I think it's going to be really exciting that translation is going to be affordable for everyone and it's going to bring much more interesting content to us as translators. We're going to be translating you know, blogs, YouTube channels, so much more creative content. 
Um, the type of content that right now is just not quite affordable enough for us to do it um, and, and make a profit. And that's all going to become accessible to translators. So it's going to be so much more gratifying and so much more exciting. So, so to this, I say to the translators that are still, you know, dragging their heels on, on working with technology and they're worried that they're feeding the machine that's going to take their job, I tell them, do not be afraid of technology. You should be embracing it and you should be helping to make it better. And in the end, it's going to make your job more gratifying. This is great advice. I completely agree. Thank you so much for these tips and for um, finding time to talk to us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Are there any particular links or maybe a link to your website or social media that you would like to share? Definitely. Definitely. If translators would like to apply to work with us, they can just come to our website. That's www.meridianlinguistics.com. That's M-E-R-I-D-I-A-N-L-I-N-G-U-I-S-T-I-C-S.com. And uh, there's a really easy link on the side to work with us. And then you can just go to apply. And I promise there are five fields you have to fill out. It's just your name. It's your email. Um, you have to upload your CV. I don't remember what the last field was, but we're not going to make you, you know, take an hour clicking on different boxes. Um, and then we'll take it from there. So yeah, just uh, go on the website. We've got lots of resources there as well. We've got a blog talking about you know the translation industry and, and trying to provide more resources to translators. Um, so you can check it all out there. And uh, and I'd love to hear from translators because you know as I've been saying over and over, the only way that we make this work is with the help of our translators. So if translators ever think that we're doing something in an inefficient way um, or that they, they have feedback for us in any way, we'd love to hear it because it helps us all grow. Thank you for joining us. Great talking to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, and to our listeners, we'll talk to you again soon.